You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Saturday. He's armed with a week's worth of talking points and got up early for your listening pleasure. So kick back and enjoy all the immensity, the potency, and the intensity that is The Robin Lundberg Show. Here's the man so charismatic, we named the show after him, Robin Lundberg. It is the Robin Lundberg Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, Rocket can. Uh, tweet coming in from... Uh, Jonathan Frew, answer a raccoon is neither. Rodent is a scientific classification. Rodentia and raccoons are mammals. So, yeah, a, a, a raccoon isn't even a rodent like a rat. It's a mammal. And like I said, my mom used to put out food for raccoons on my back porch in Southern Maryland. So I saw them suckers all the time. And they're like a bunch of them at once, right? And they're not, you know, anything like a rat. They don't look like rats. They're much bigger than rats. Like, I, I mean, even like a big rat is maybe a you know, uh, a pound, a couple pounds at most, and maybe maybe a t- 11 inches long, something like that. A raccoon could be like 20 pounds. <laughs> like a raccoon, can, you know, could is is significantly larger than a rat and has specific markings and everything, uh, and and can be like two feet long. So it, it's you know significantly larger than a rat and a different. Um, look profile. So I, I don't think uh, many people would confuse a rat. They're both kind. Of, they're a, both disgusting. And a raccoon. You think raccoons are disgusting? Yeah, I find it. I find it disgusting. Because they eat trash and stuff. Uh, and then the rats. And then with the rats, um, you know, here in Manhattan, um, when I used to travel, especially like uh, at home late at night from coming from here, dude, I wouldn't even walk on the sidewalk. I would I would walk in the middle of the street to avoid mm-hmm. the sidewalk because of all the rats, you know, because all the trash was out on the sidewalk at that time, like, you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning. So all the rats would be in the bags of the garbage and everything. I wouldn't even walk on the sidewalks here in Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, like... Well, <laughs> like that's how disgusting, grossed out, and skeeved out I was by them. You're also worried that, like, rats are carrying diseases or something like that. I mean, same thing with raccoon, I guess, is one of those animals you think of, like, rabies with or, or something. But the, the point is they don't look alike. And the, the Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil thing is obvious BS. I, I think they're, they're trolling every day. They must have had a fight of some sort. I don't know if it was just verbal or physical. And then they made up afterwards, and they go, oh, yeah, we're going to tell everybody. We couldn't tell the difference between a raccoon and a rat. And are raccoons just running around Queens where – <laughs> was that where they were last night? Did they play? They played at home. Yes, the Mets were yeah, at home. Yeah. So I have I seen. Have you seen raccoons in 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 Manhattan, or Queens, or Brooklyn, or any of the five boroughs? Yes, where I am in Staten Island, New York, I have seen raccoons there. Yes. Does Staten Island count? 
Yes, it does. It's one. <laughs> yes, it's a five borrow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that might work. Um, all right. Uh, rat or raccoon? Who knows the difference? 855-212-4227. At Robin Ludberg on Twitter. We've gotten to a lot today. I haven't actually talked about Aaron Rodgers, though. Spent a lot of time on Aaron Rodgers last week, and there's now been like a week of takes um, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, right? Whether it's it's uh, Terry Bradshaw calling him weak or uh, at Adam Schefter revealing that the story came out on draft day from him, not because of Aaron Rodgers' camp putting it out on draft day, which is funny because many of us, including myself, uh, and this could always be clean up by Schefter, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know, but taking what Schefter said at face value, many of us believe that that was a calculated move including myself, by Rodgers to put it out on draft day as almost revenge for Jordan Love being taken in the draft the year before. Um, but there, there's just been – everybody's had an opinion on Aaron Rodgers in the last week or so. It's been the, the, the talk of the, the sports world, of course, because you're talking about a, a guy who is, is one of the three biggest players in the sport. I mean, Tom Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes are, are I think, the, the three biggest players – in the NFL, in the biggest sport in this country. And there was even the report, I think it was from The Athletic, that uh, Rodgers had likened the, the Packers GM to Jerry Krause, which is funny in two ways. One, you know, that makes Aaron Rodgers Michael Jordan. And two, um, the idea that Jerry Krause did a bad job is a misnomer. I mean, I know Jordan didn't like him at the end and – and, you know, you could argue about whether breaking up the Bulls was the right move or, or if egos got in the way at that point in time. But he did surround Michael Jordan with great players. It's not like Michael Jordan didn't play on great teams. I mean, when Michael Jordan went to play baseball, that was when, you know, the Bulls still won 54, 55 games. I forget the exact number, but it's it's close to, to that number uh, because they had a great team, you know, and, and Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and, and the, you know, the role players that he brought in over the, the, the years and Harper and Grant and Kerr and Paxson and, and everybody else who contributed to those teams. You know, he, uh, coach, you know, Krause did a good job as the, the, the GM. And this whole Rodgers situation and fiasco in Green Bay, I, I still don't quite understand the, the notion that the, the Packers ha- have been some failure and, and ha- have left Rodgers out to dry. I mean, if the original sin is drafting Jordan Love, I get that. Like his, you know, that hurt his pride. That that hurt him in the sense of, you know, is he going to be the quarterback of the team long term? Do they still believe in him? And maybe there's a contractual aspect to this because he might want long term security as the quarterback of the team, and they have to eventually make a decision on Jordan Love and whether they want to pick up his option or however his contract works. You know, all that stuff is is still in play um but as far as as the the Packers not supporting Rodgers or, or not putting a team around him I don't think that's true at all you know I I think you know when you take a look at them and, and say all right they've got a, a top flight offensive line including a, a a really good left tackle I know he was injured a little bit but still really good left tackle uh top flight wide receiver maybe the best in the entire sport um a good running game which makes obviously the passing game takes pressure off of Rodgers. A defense that was good enough, above average defense. They picked off Tom Brady three times in the NFC Championship game. 
including on back-to-back possessions where Aaron Rodgers went three and out both times. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, didn't run the ball when he had a chance um, near the goal line, when he had a lane to maybe get into the end zone, but at least get to the goal line and and take the decision out of Matt LaFleur's hands. Uh, I After that game, everybody was on Matt LaFleur. Like, he was the, the reason they lost that game. I thought that decision was fair. I mean, I think it was a 50-50 decision whether to go for it on that fourth down or kick the field goal. He chose to kick the field goal. But somehow Rodgers was able to get away with it's everybody's fault but mine after that game. I mean, Rodgers, great, great player, no question. But when you, you're talking about a great, great player, you expect them to, when they have that many chances to, to deposit the ball in the end zone at some point. And he didn't get that done. He's 1-4 in, in conference championship games. He's the best ever. Rodgers is the best ever at escaping any individual criticism or blame. I'd, I'd never hear anybody blame that guy for anything or, or criticize him for anything. And including in this situation, this comes out and, you know, all of a sudden, so many people are like, yeah, the Packers, they only have themselves to blame. I mean, let's say Aaron Rodgers isn't on the Packers next year. Could they still make the playoffs? I think the, the initial response that you have in your head is, of course not, right? Because you're talking about an all-time great quarterback who elevates any team he's on and has elevated the Packers. I'm not saying he hasn't. But... Then you look at their division, and is there a chance that that division is the NFC East next year, right? Where you don't have to necessarily have a good record to win the division. Seven games won the NFC East last year, and second place in the NFC North was eight wins last year from the Chicago Bears. You know, so you, you project forward on that, and I don't know how to do that with the 17-game schedule quite yet where you, you, you talk about the records and, and what it's going to be, because I, I don't know how to do that math. I haven't seen that play out in real time. But to me, the Packers in the, the regular 16-game schedule or the previous 16-game schedule that we're all used to would be somewhere between 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven range with, without Rodgers. You know, if, if things go a little poorly, they're 7-9. and nine. Things go a little well, they're 9-7, they're and seven, which typically isn't a playoff team. But in that NFC North, it could be given like who's to say you know what other team are you sure is going to have a winning record you sure the bears are going to have a winning record maybe justin fields is the real deal or you know andy dalton plays out of his mind or something like that uh you know the vikings potentially there they they weren't that far removed from the playoffs the lions uh, there's no reason to believe on them in in them on in any given year for for however many years so with with aaron rodgers i think you 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 can write in pen that the Packers will win that division. I don't even think it's a, a question. Without him, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they could still win the, the division and qualify for the playoffs. Because to me, he, they're a solid team with a solid foundation that he takes to contending status. It's not like he's taking a group of bums to the NFC Championship game. He's, he's taking a, a good foundation and and you're you're putting the the finishing touches on it with with a player of the caliber of Rodgers. Now look, the question would be at quarterback, and, and and at this point, I honestly I do believe that that Rodgers is going to be playing somewhere else next year. Um, I, I it it seems that that's what he wants to do, and given his his status in the game and and what we know about his personality type, I think he's going to make that happen. We'll see. You never know when they can kiss and make up, but that's that's my. 
I thought that, to be honest, almost after the NFC Championship game with the comments he made to the press. That seemed to me in, in that moment that was somebody saying, you know, I'm done with this situation. I'm saying goodbye, and, and I'm doing it in a way that, you know, makes it look like I, I've been slighted here. You know, or, or you know, I'm, I'm biting my tongue almost. He did say that, you know, the LaFleur decision, he understood the logic behind it, but you could tell in his tone that he was not happy in, in that moment. And and it kind of came out of nowhere, this idea of, oh, he's not going to be there because he's the one that put that out there. He's the one that said, you never know what's going to happen or I can't tell you that I'll be here. next. I, I forget the exact quote, but it was the thing that opened the door to the possibility. And this latest round of reporting has only confirmed or reinforced that. So I, I do believe Rodgers is going to be somewhere else next year. Now, what does that mean for their quarterback position? I mean, they're going to have to bring in a vet. They're going to have to bring in somebody else. Jordan Love is the only other QB on the roster. But one other thing we haven't accounted for in this whole situation is the possibility that Jordan Love is good. (laughs) You know, nobody seems to – does anybody know anything about Jordan Love? But no, I haven't heard anybody broach the idea that he could be good because you you go back to to Brett Favre, and, you know, Brett Favre's another person who's had a take on this in the the past week, and I think, you know – he also believes that, you know, saying that uh, the way um, Rodgers is wired, that he doesn't see this being repaired. I mean, when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre, did we think that Aaron Rodgers could be arguably better than Brett Favre? I don't think anybody believed, you know, necessarily that was the case. But as as far as um, the... Uh, transition here I I don't think Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers don't get me wrong but I do feel like a lot of people are just dismissing the idea that he could be a a quality NFL quarterback I mean they didn't draft him there for no reason they didn't draft him where they drafted him to piss off um you know Aaron Rodgers that's not what what happened though there is somebody who does think um Rodgers will be back in Green Bay, and that's his former teammate, John Kuhn, who was on with, with Zach Gelb on, on Wednesday night. And Kuhn says he, he spoke to Rodgers this past week. I have talked with Aaron Rodgers, and, and I, I won't say exactly what we talked about. I, I will say um, he's, he's conflicted because this man loves to play the game of football. This man loves to be a Green Bay Packer, and this man truly sees um, – careers he's watched friends leave he watched brett Favre's career um towards the end he's watched all these things play out in front of his eyes he's taken notes throughout his entire career he's seen um some situations that that didn't feel um were done or or finished the way that they could or should have and he's just trying to take his own destiny within his own hands and to that effect i actually admire him because not many players in the NFL have that opportunity. I sure as heck didn't. Uh, I, I played until everybody told me you can't play anymore, and it's a humbling feeling. And Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to try and, you know, take a little bit of that power back. Absolutely not. He is. He, I, I still believe there is an opportunity at a, at a resolution here, and I just think it, it's going to take. Uh, it's it's going to take two men that are dug in right now and trying to meet in the middle somewhere where they're both happy. Yeah, look, that's always a possibility, too. I I don't want to completely write it off. We'll get some more uh, inside info on what might be going on. 
between the, the Packers and Rodgers coming up in just a minute. i uh, got some tweets coming in. Copeland Blackwell tweets in, Seriously, you think rodents are not mammals? Rodents are mammals. Raccoons are mammals. People are mammals. Cats and dogs are mammals. Bears are mammals. Kangaroos are mammals. I didn't say rodents aren't mammals. I said raccoons aren't rodents. There's a difference. They're just regular run-of-the-mill you know, they're classified, man. There's a separate classification for rodents. Do you know how many nature shows I've watched, my man? Uh, you know, the only reptiles and amphibians and birds and fish, different classes. But uh, I didn't say that rodents are not mammals. I said raccoons are not rodents. So there you go, buddy. Um, <laughs> Nate Thomas tweets in, had to work. Apologies to the late discussion. Hockey fights create less injuries long-term. There are rules, which is why the Wilson Act was so egregious. The NHL should be ashamed at their decision, and the Rangers were justified because of the lack of action by the NHL. Uh, the, the lack of action, the Rangers did not fix the lack of action by the NHL. Nothing was accomplished by what the Rangers did, and I, I don't buy the idea that hockey fights create less injuries long-term. I think the idea of allowing that sort of stuff only creates a culture that lends to someone like Wilson um, pushing the line even more. Robert Thompson says, fighting in hockey does nothing for me. I'm more interested in the actual game on the ice, moving the puck, finishing checks, passing the puck, the goalie preventing the puck from going into the net. That's what I'm interested in watching. And again, I think that takes away from it. You know, the, the uh, histrionics of those fights takes away from the, the true nature of the sport and makes it look like a joke more to a casual fan. That's just my thoughts on it. Because again, fighting in hockey is stupid. We talked a lot, a lot of stupid fights today, fighting in hockey and Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. But the fight between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is seemingly continuing. How will it be resolved? When will it be resolved? Will it mean that Aaron Rodgers is playing for another team? We'll try to get some answers to those questions coming up next. It is the Robin Lundberg Show. And it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. It's the Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. What is why you mad for 500, Aaron? That's been the question. Well, I guess we kind of know the whole Jordan Love situation. But how mad is Aaron Rodgers? How will it be resolved? I'm joined now by Olivia Reiner, reporter at the Journal Sentinel and PackerNews.com. And Olivia, first off, the the Adam Schefter revelation from this week that he um, went with the report and, you know, it was from accumulation of information and decided to post it on draft day himself. Does that change the the tone of this and the way it's received at all? Because so much of the initial reaction was uh, thinking it was pettiness from Rodgers to, to put that out on draft day, essentially a year after the, the love pick. It definitely changes the perception among the fan base, just based off of what I've been seeing on social media and some of the interaction that I've had with our readers. It definitely seems like there's some frustration directed toward Adam Schefter. I don't think that's um, a surprise. However, I would pump the brakes on the frustration personally, even though I think the word source is what's being picked at a little bit. He said in his interview with the Dan Patrick show that there was not a source on Thursday that gave him new information that allowed him to go with it on Thursday, which happened to be the first day of the draft, which I don't believe was a coincidence. 
However, it was an accumulation of information, which doesn't necessarily mean there were not sources along the way. So I think we're getting a little bit lost in the semantics a bit. I understand the frustration at the timing to an extent. It does seem like it was deliberately, well, he admitted it himself on the Dan Patrick show that he chose Thursday to come out with that information, whether or not it was because it was the day of the draft and it, you know, the draft is being televised by ESPN, whether or not that is part of the consideration, I have absolutely no way of knowing. However, it is what it is. And the, the only thing that matters at this point is that the team has come out and basically confirmed everything that he reported in terms of Rodgers being frustrated and in terms of general manager Brian Gutekunst, president Mark Murphy and head coach Matt LaFleur all flying out individually at various points throughout the offseason to go visit Rodgers in California. So he was right. Whether you're frustrated at the situation or at him about the timing, it kind of doesn't matter because this is still the situation that everyone is in. Well, you know, the the other report this week was that the Packers are are starting to look at other QBs because I I believe Jordan Love is the only one on the roster. Have they begun preparing for the contingency plan for the the possibility of of this season taking place with Aaron Rodgers playing somewhere else? Sure. This is what we know. First of all, technically, there are two quarterbacks on the roster. One of them apparently doesn't want to report. Um, so we'll find out if he does at the at mandatory minicamp. That's the first date that Aaron Rodgers has to be in the Packers facility is June 8th. So if they don't trade him after June 1st, which would, if they were interested, if they, they did come around to the idea of trading Rodgers, the best date to do it would to be would be after June 1st because uh, of salary cap ramifications and they would save a little bit of money. Um, but regardless, are they looking for quarterbacks to add to the roster? Of course they're looking for quarterbacks to add to the roster. On Saturday, Gutekunst and LaFleur both talked about the need to add one, if not two, quarterbacks to the roster heading into OTAs and training camp because you just you simply need more arms in camp. You can't have two quarterbacks on the roster certainly can't have one quarterback on the roster, but hey, even two wouldn't be enough for their for their needs in camp. So they're going to have to add a couple, likely a veteran of some sort. So we'll see exactly what they do. But again, the, the report that came out, I don't know, it was a couple days ago, a few days ago, that the Packers are looking for veteran quarterbacks to add to the roster. We knew that on Saturday. We knew that that was happening on Saturday. So little bits of information are going to continue to come up in the coming weeks because this is going to take a really, really long time to resolve itself. Contracts don't just get negotiated and, and dealt with in you know a day or two days. It's going to take some time. So I think patience is going to have to be the name of the game for Packers fans. I know there's some like built-up, pent-up nerves around this, and I understand, but it's, it's going to take some time. So <laughs> patience. Robin Lundberg talking to Olivia Reiner, reporter at the Journal Sentinel and, and PackersNews.com here on CBS Sports Radio, of course, about the, the Aaron Rodgers situation. You know, one thing, Olivia, that I, I haven't heard is anybody um, toying with even with the possibility that Jordan Love is good. You know, where are we at with, with Jordan Love? Because we, 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 it seems to be all talked about in the context of Aaron Rodgers was upset about the Jordan Love pick, but the, the Packers picked Jordan Love for a reason, and it wasn't to tick Aaron Rodgers off. You know, so where are we at with, with Jordan Love and his development and, and, and where the Packers might view him? The Packers don't know. That's pretty much the bottom line is they don't really know yet what they have in Jordan Love. And it's not any fault of his own. It's simply because 
he didn't have any sort of preseason to deal with, to show his stuff, to prove that he's capable of playing in an NFL game and leading an NFL offense. There was no training, no, a very abbreviated training camp, and there was no preseason. So he's not really working with very much. And not only was there an abbreviated training camp last season, but he wasn't even the second string quarterback. Tim Boyle was the backup to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love was the third string quarterback. So he didn't even get the same number of reps that a backup quarterback would get. So do the Packers, the Packers think very highly of him when they drafted him, they were, they clearly liked him. They traded up to get him in the first round and they continue to reiterate that they think the world of him and they think that he's going to grow and develop into a great player. However, there's been no indication that they think he's capable of starting in 2021, in 2022, maybe in 2023. I don't know. He doesn't know. No, nobody seems to know. Um, and that's not to say he can't be a great player and that he's not the future of the franchise. It's just that he hasn't had enough time to develop. And that was the hope for him when he was drafted is that he would have some time behind Aaron Rodgers. The Packers want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to have the future of the franchise on the roster while also having the face of their franchise on the roster in Aaron Rodgers, who is the reigning league MVP. And unfortunately that has caused some tension and it's looking like that, the, you know, the Packers aren't guaranteed to have Rodgers back on the roster next season. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite a dilemma for them. Uh, how have Packers fans taken part of this? Because, uh, look, I understand how that upset Rodgers in the moment. I, I, I understand if, 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 hey, he just wants a new situation, he's been around a long time, or, or even if this is some sort of contract negotiation, those things play out publicly. But the one part of it I don't really buy is the idea that the, the Packers have failed him. You know, they have a, a really good offensive line, really good running game, maybe the best receiver in the game. The, the defense picked off Tom Brady three times in that NFC Championship game. Rodgers had the ball with, with chances to, to win that game and and didn't capitalize on those chances. How how have Packers fans taken that idea, that narrative that, you know, the, the reason this is happening is because the Packers have failed Rodgers? There are certainly Packers fans out there that I have interacted with and seen their messages that see it in a black or white type of way that it's either, okay, Rodgers is at fault for not wanting to be loyal to the organization or perhaps leaking information, which, by the way, it sounds like the initial Schefter report was not, did not come from Rodgers' camp, and it didn't come from the Packers either. So um, there's people who see it that way, and then there's others who are frustrated with the organization for, as you said, maybe disrespecting Rodgers along the way, whether it's not surrounding him with enough weapons or potentially you know, the communication issue as well, not communicating with Rodgers prior to the draft pick last year of Jordan Love, not establishing a trusting relationship with Rodgers to allow him to believe and have faith in what their vision of the future of the team is. So that there's people who see it on, are on either side. And then there's people who are in the middle who just want the situation to be over and see fault on both sides. And I think that's kind of, where we are it's, it, there's there are issues on both sides and the idea that the Packers haven't done enough to surround Rodgers with talent over the years I personally disagree with that I think the Packers have done a lot to surround Rodgers with talent I mean even if you just look at this offseason the Packers were not super active on the free agent market in terms of signing players that had played with other teams however they were very aggressive in spending a lot of money re-signing their own players some of the best players at their positions in the league, including David Bakhtiari at left tackle, nose tackle, Kenny Clark, 
running back Aaron Jones, the list goes on. They brought back even tight end Mercedes Lewis, who has played a very specific role in this Packers defense. He's an incredibly exceptional blocking tight end, and he happens to be really, really good friends with Aaron Rodgers, too. I don't think Mercedes Lewis was just, you know, he's contributed to the team over the years. However, he's also an important veteran in that room that Rodgers likes as well. So they have done things, at least especially this year, to help Rodgers to get to the, this team back, hopefully to another NFC Championship game, and hopefully they get over that hump and they can make it to the Super Bowl. Um, so I would push back on the idea that, they, you know, you can draft as many first-round wide receivers as you want in the world, However, if the first-round wide receivers are on the sidelines not playing because the defense is still on the field, then they're not worth very much. And the Packers have spent a lot of recent draft capital on the defense to build that side out, and they're hoping that they, they can bring the defense up to the speed of the offense and put together a, a Super Bowl-caliber team. And that was, it seemed like that was the goal this offseason. Yes or no, do you believe that Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback of the Packers next season? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Man, I, it's tough. I think I've gone back and forth like 18 million times in the past week or so. Um, and at the moment, I, if he's really dug in and if the Packers have, you know, they reportedly offered him a very lucrative contract. I'm not sure what that looks like, and I don't know how much money that was. I don't know when that offer came, if it was too late for Rodgers, if he was already upset or frustrated with the team that he had made up his mind. But if he has made up his mind and if money cannot be the the thing to soothe all wounds here, if there is something – like I think that this issue, if if all Rodgers wants is more money, I think the Packers could come around to that. I think the Packers could meet, meet him, and it sounds like they've tried. However, if there's something more that Rodgers wants, if they want – the report from Yahoo Sports came out that Rodgers was frustrated with Brian Gutekinds. If, if that is the issue, if Rodgers doesn't want Gutekinds around, if I'm told, this is not based on any reporting, but if Rodgers wanted love out, they wanted uh, the team to trade him, I don't think that those things are going to happen. So if there is a piece like that that Rodgers is looking for in order to come back, I don't see how he could end up on the team because I don't think they're going to come they're going to come around to that. And at some point, instead of saying, you know, Rogers being like, okay, I want, I'm going to retire if this isn't going to get resolved or, you know, I'm going to sit out, the Packers are better off trading him at that point because they're, they're, they, need, they need a veteran quarterback to lead the team this season. They don't have – Jordan Love's not ready, and they're not going to throw him into the fire. They need to get what they can back in return from him for, for Rogers if that relationship can't be – amended and at this point we have no indication that that it's possible so i'm gonna i'll put a tentative no with like 12 asterisks next to it i can totally see a situation where we're standing in front of roger's locker in in uh september and he's like yeah well you know it worked everything worked out so who knows We'll put the no in pencil, on, and I'll give you an eraser uh, on the other side of it. So it, it all works out. Olivia, really appreciate your time this morning. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Anytime. Thanks. Miss any of the show? Catch up with the Robin Lundberg podcast. Available all week on the weekend page at cbssportsradio.com.
All right, uh, normally I get to another one right here. Maybe we'll do a truncated version of, of another one this week because a lot of you guys are on the line, so I want to get to you if, if I can. Uh, let's try and, and make it quick, do a little rapid fire. Usually I like to give you more time, but I'm up against the clock. Up against the clock. So 855-212-4227. Steve in New York, you're up first. Steve, go ahead. Hey, Robin. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You, uh, you do a great job. Uh, getting to the hockey a uh, fight the other day, uh, Will, the Rangers, Capitals, Wilson, uh, the 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 Ranger, Frontier Justice, and uh, you know not being soft is universally praised in New York. Take that same scenario to the NBA. Do you think we'd be hearing a lot of thug and criminal kind of talk? What do you yeah, think? I, I say it all the time. I, I think it would only it only flies in a predominantly white sport. Uh, <laughs> Um, what was that? Uh, but thanks for the call. I, I say it all the time. It only comes from, uh, you know, it, it flies in a, the boys will be boys thing, a predominantly white sport. It, no, it would not be characterized the same way. Um, you know, it, it baseball and, and hockey or, or, or those boys will be boys get away with that sort of stuff. And, and even in the NFL, you can't do it. And the NFL is a, a super physical sport. I'm not outraged about it. Like I said, uh, I just think it's stupid. There's no actual point to it. it accomplishes nothing. And it makes the sport look silly. Steve in Arkansas. Steve, you're up next. What's going on, Steve? Yeah, well, you know, in ice hockey, there's no fighting in college hockey. There's no fighting in international hockey. There, you know, about 25 years ago, the NHL took a survey of the season ticket holders and the players of whether or not to eliminate hockey, and they voted to keep it in, which, which I think is is stupid. I mean, Suppose 40 years ago, if Lawrence Taylor and Joe Montana had a fight at halftime and they both got thrown out of the game, you know, in one of the NFC title games, it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, yeah, and I say this with football, too. Like, you know, it could be a cheap hit in football. You don't see retaliation by a fight. And football is as violent and, and uh, you know, physical a sport as there is. So using it is. that as justification it just doesn't there's no way that it makes sense uh you know the, and thanks for the call the the only two reasons i ever hear to justify it are it's tradition or whatever it's been done away for a long time which is never a good reason for something because it's not actually backed up by thought or logic or that it's you know the players taking care of themselves or policing themselves which is the same justification people use for throwing a baseball at somebody which also doesn't make sense because nothing is accomplished by these fights i get why people are upset by the lack of punishment for wilson but them fighting the other day didn't give him more punishment it didn't resolve anything Nobody, you know, uh, nobody actually won the fights. If anything, you could say the Capitals may have won those fights. So it was just a, I'm feeling away. I need to do something about these feelings. Here it is. And then uh, everybody goes, boys will be boys. Ken in Green Bay. Ken, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's up, Ken? Hey, good morning, Robin. Hey, I just got a take on the Rodgers thing. First of all, I think the Packers should hold out, let him retire, and, and go with the Jordan love. Yes, it may be some rough years and all that. But on top of that, don't trade him until you get a Herschel Walker-type deal. All right? So let him sit. Let him pout. Let him go through. He's already one of the highest-paid players. He's crying that he wants the same things as Brady, but Brady's taking pay cuts. He's calling the new quarterback to go through passing drills. He's won seven championships. He hasn't choked in the, in the, in the title games or in the, in, the, uh, in the semifinals or anything like that. Like Rodgers has, if you look back at Rodgers' play, 
Rodgers' career was resurrected by LaFleur's offense, not the other way around. So, tradable, if, if someone wants to come in with a Herschel Walker deal, then you let them go. Three first rounds, take their top defender, take their top receiver, because you want to put as much damage on the other team so that you get the highest draft choice possible. But Rodgers is already getting paid. He can't cry about, hey, we need more players when his pay is taking up the majority of the salary. And right now the Packers are mortgaging out their future because of him. That's my take. That's all I got. Robin, have a great day. You too. I understand what you're saying. Uh, I I think they've put some talent around him. Like I said before, I'm old enough to remember when Mike McCarthy was the problem. But don't let your emotions get the best of you. Trading him makes the most sense because you got to get some assets for him. It's it's not like an an ego contest. Abe in Arizona. Abe, uh, you're up next on CBS Sports Radio. What do you got? Hi, Robin. How are you doing? Good. I'm going to chime you? in on Aaron Rodgers. I I think the Packers need to let him sit, let him stew, and let him retire if that's what he wants. Um, he's well, under again, contract. It, he's it, under it, contract, and he belongs to them. Well, no, he doesn't. No, no human being belongs to anybody. But as far as the the, I mean, I, I understand why you might feel like wronged by him or whatnot. But it, you know, I don't think you cut your nose off to spite your face. Yes, you could win that standoff, perhaps, or try to win that standoff. But you're better off, I think, if if it's beyond, like I just said to the the previous caller, and thanks for the call. If it's beyond repair, you're better off moving on and getting some capital back that can help your team get better going forward not because you're just trying to win this this ego battle with Aaron Rodgers um not capitalize on that because if you could get three first round picks get three first round picks or a quarterback and two first round picks you you do that all right time to get to as much of the other topics as I have not you know what let's not even let's not even use the music this uh today uh but I'll, I'll just I'll give you some of the topics so uh Luka Doncic 15 technical fouls now this season. He admitted after Thursday's win over the Nets that he needs to work on containing his emotions. In general, do you think the NBA players complain too much to the officials? You know, I'm not one like that pays as much attention to this as some other people do, but uh, there is a reaction to it that people don't like it. the complaining, whether it's LeBron or Luka. You know, Tim Duncan used to complain a lot in, in the past. People don't really remember that so much. So I, I think it's, you know, there's a... um. A line. And, and you get it. Well, guys are trying to work the officials during a game because there's a, a strategy involved. And then the officials do miss some of the calls. But I, I think um, Luca has the right attitude about it, at least now, by saying maybe I was complaining too much. And, and if you can course correct a little bit, yeah, I, I think the, the fan base in general I would appreciate that. All right. You uh, mentioned Albert Pujols briefly before. He was released by the Angels on Thursday after a decade-long stint with the club. Uh, the uh, three-time MVP batting 198 this season uh, twenty in 24 games for the Angels. Uh, will some other club take a chance on Pujols? I mean, take a chance. It, it, he's, he's clearly past his prime. I mean, maybe he could find a landing spot. I don't know. Uh, it, it's basically – the end or, or very close to it for Pujols. But the good thing for him is people aren't going to remember this. People aren't going to, um, you know, when, when they're talking about Pujols' career, really recall this aspect of it. They're going to remember one of the, the best hitters of all time, right? You know, the first 10 years of his career are absolutely out of this world. I, I saw a stat that uh, he got a hit off of 
I mean, a ho- hit a home run off of just over 4% of any player who's ever thrown a, a pitch in, in a major league game. You know, so Albert Pujols is an all-time great player at this point, though. When you're looking at, at his statistics and production and all that, he's not really helping anybody. He's had a negative war the last couple of years. Maybe, you know, as almost, a, you know, for a name recognition or somewhere, there's a, a place for him, but I, I kind of don't see it. Tom Brady, how about this, that he would trade two Super Bowl rings to have beaten the Giants and finished the 2007 season undefeated. You surprised that Brady would admit this? No. Uh, you know, that's part of being a competitor, right? And he's got rings to spare. So he trades two rings. He's still got more than Joe Montana, and he's got an undefeated season. So I, I, I think it made a lot of sense. I think it's an easy move for, for Tom Brady, but it, it, you know, continues to give Eli Manning bragging rights that, that almost <laughs> no one else or no one else has, really. And we got some news on uh, the J.J. Abrams, the Black Superman movie this week, and um, that they are looking for a black filmmaker to take the helm. So J.J. will not be directing this movie. But I want to know who's actually going to play Superman. So do you have any thoughts on casting the Black Superman? I know Michael uh, B. Jordan right now, he's like the odds-on favorite to land it. I, You know, I haven't... Um thought of a, a, a casting decision in that regard i know was it tanahisi tanahisi coates is going to be writing it is that who's i think i saw that he had some involvement in that movie who's it eli uh, garay he played uh cassius clay in uh, one night in miami i don't know if you saw that movie uh but he, he's an excellent actor and also he has the, the great physique so he could be possibly a guy that could play superman yeah, I mean, look, my Michael B. Jordan, uh, he's already been involved in, in the high-profile projects like Black Panther. I have to think about that one. Uh, Chris Moore is up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 